five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to the New World Podcast, Lore Seekers to Aeternum, a show dedicated to Amazon Game Studios MMO, bringing you both an original story of a traveler and his creation of a company in Aeternum. Join us on this journey of suspense, intrigue, and mystery, seeking lore, life, and the pursuit of all who threaten it. Welcome to Aeternum. The following Lore Seekers RP story is the accumulation of Season 1, Episodes 1 through 3. With the consumer in mind, we at the Lore Seekers made the decision to merge both shows in one home so that you, as part of our family, have one place to go for your content. Subsequent to our story, Lore Seekers Solus will continue with new community engagement and company leadership content. Now sit back, relax, partake in your favorite ale, and enjoy the show. A man stands in his captain's quarters at the stern of the ship, one of twenty ships, embarking on a journey in search of lost brothers and sisters, those who have traveled into the ocean's waters but have never returned home. He's a brother's keeper, a champion of the shield maidens, a father, and a husband. He gazes out the window into a calm sea in remembrance of their journey of home. This view of solace would be his last, knowing his fleet was headed toward an unknown darkness. The dichotomy is stark, for his brothers and sisters-in-arms were preparing each vessel for a one-way journey, the expectation to never return home. He pivots on a foot, returning to an old wooden desk, ornate with a large mirror standing as a reflection of one's static appearance and yet a reminder of who one once was. He pulls an old piece of parchment from one of the desk drawers, dips a quill in a jar of ink, and writes his final words. My son, if you're reading this, you must now be the man your family needs. You must carry on. Be brave. In the face of the unknown, that is where we find ourselves as true leaders. I was once a little boy too, and had fear in my heart. But every journey begins with the decision to take the first step. And this is yours, my son. Take that step. Hold your head high, for the world will do everything in its power to bring it down. Find your strength from inside, for everything outside will fail you. Fear is normal, but bravery is choosing to act despite of it, and the strength of your heart will carry you when your mind will not. I promise, when you meet your enemies, you will see that you are as strong if not stronger than me. Now go, live life, and remember, mission first, but your people always. My daughter, 
you are capable of any and everything in this world, whether joining the ranks of the shield maidens or pursuing what truly makes you happy in this life. Do not ever accept defeat, for our family either wins or learns, but I feel you'll be the one who teaches. I cannot be there the rest of your life, but I will love you more each day for the rest of mine. Now go, live life, and remember, at the heart of a true leader is a servant's heart. My love, I promised you one final adventure before I hung my helmet in permanence. Looks like I'm keeping that promise, though not as we might have planned. I am sorry. I am sorry that I am leaving you once again to man the fort. A warrior cannot truly fight if their home is not of order, and you have forever been the anchor to our family's vessel. The burden I now place on you is heavy, but your internal strength is that of Odin himself. I wish, I wish I could give you one last kiss, but you will know me through our children. You will feel me in every embrace, see me in every smile, and hear me in every whisper. I pray they look like you and fight like me. So lay me down, Keep my memory strong, as true as the needle to the pole. My love, we have said this from the beginning. Death is preferable to dishonor. And it has been an honor to be called yours for all the rest of my days. With love, remember me. As he signs his thoughts on the parchment, his life begins to slow down looking up at his reflection in the mirror, keeping his hand in signature. S. U. A spectral image of his wife's ringed hand appears and rests on his left shoulder. L. Y. A spectral image of his boy appears hugging his right leg, foot to foot, breast to knee, head turned in a warm embrace. C. E. A spectral image of his daughter appears laying in his left arm, appearing up at him with her mother's eyes, a slight cackle becoming audible. For a brief moment, Solus feels the warmth of a love felt long ago, but it fades with each fold of the parchment. He places the now scroll into binds of thread and into an empty bottle, plugging the mouth with a cork. He stands and thunder strikes in the distance. The storm is upon them and time is running out. As he opens the door to his captain's quarters, he sees his brothers and shield maidens frantically preparing the ship for the inevitable onslaught of nature off in the distance across the bow of each ship. He scans the horizon and sees each of his ships following suit, but they know they will soon be joining the ones who have gone before them 
friends, family, loved ones, the town blacksmith, the tavern keep. Solace locks eyes with a second in command, and in an audible gesture, the directive to the shelter in place has been executed. Solace turns and makes his way to the top of the quarter deck, as always, to be seen as well as heard, to lead. The storm comes before them faster than anticipated, and unnaturally the ships begin to falter in the elements. The look of fear among his people matched the supernatural, and the understanding becomes apparent. This was it. All at once, multiple pillars, obelisks of sorts, pierce the night sky, creating waves of torment that begin taking each ship one by one. The destruction takes Solus aback at first, but he knows if his people stay aboard the ships, they will be sucked into the dark abyss along with the vessel. Solus gives the order to abandon ship for each to find anything that will float. But not Solus. Solus closes his eyes and thinks of the ghostly images of his family downstairs in the mirror's reflection. A tear rolls down his face, somehow wetter than the rain that was set upon him. Upon opening his eyes, he does feel a familiar warmth come over him. He looks to his left shoulder and sees a ringed hand placed in embrace. He looks down and sees a boy holding onto his leg. There is a weight in his left arm. Solace is alone, but in this moment, there is a solace that will ever be with him. Family. Who is a commander without their armies? Where is a soldier if not with their brothers and sisters on the front line? What is a father and a husband without his family? They are no one. They are lost and alone. Solace is without and yet having plenty. He holds on to the warmth of memories even now as he lays motionless and blind to his new surroundings. He feels a tingling sensation at the furthest extensions of his left hand. Moving all that he can, he grips the grains of sand that begin to spill out between his fingers. Slowly, feeling returns to his left arm, his shoulder and his neck. All at once, the shooting pains of what he went through being drowned and washed ashore, began pulsating throughout his body, bringing him to the unbearable point of a scream, but he doesn't make a sound. For the world around him is unknown, and more so, he is surrounded by blackness as his eyesight continues to yield to exhaustion. His legs begin to move, 
his left knee finding purchase against the sand. Solus is able to prop himself up, but he continues to keep a low profile as he lies in wait for his vision to return. The sounds introduce themselves first, a tide creeping in, but retreating as if unwelcomed here. A small gust of wind passes as if to whisper a faint warning from where it once came. Small cries begin to become audible, fueling Solus to force his eyes open, and almost as if he wills it, he starts to see a faint glow in the distance. Sunlight comes rushing in, and in an instant he beholds his first glimpse of his new world. The tide that crept in kept the remains of ships and waterlogged bodies in its grasp. The air carried the stench of spoiled rations and death, directing Solus' attention from the water to the shoreline. Where is a soldier if not with their brothers and sisters on the front line? Well, they find themselves in desperation and in fear. What was once an army of a cohesive unit with one vision is now divided mercenaries, each battling for the misperception of one's ownership. Everyone had nothing, and no one had anything. Solus takes inventory of his immediate surroundings. Save his torn and ragged undergarments, he too is bare. Eluding him the most is the men and women he now saw are not of his own fleet. There are 100 ships and a 1,000 soldiers, but absent is anything familiar. He stands and begins to make his way towards the first cry. A boy in his 20s with a broken leg. Solus rips off his shirt sleeve, grabs a piece of driftwood, and begins to fasten a splint. The second cry, a few hundred meters up the coastline, a girl in her 30s, losing blood from an open wound on an arm. Solus rips off his right shirt sleeve and ties a tourniquet to stop the bleeding. A third cry towards the wood line from a man in his 50s suffers from a mortal wound in his abdomen. Solus takes what is left of his shirt and plugs the missing flesh. Half naked, Solus stands alone on the sand revealing a body torn of scars from decades of war, marks of permanence of both valor and loss. But as he looks around, a small gathering of those he helped, and those privy to the sight of such empathy, begins to follow him. In the absence of direction, a true leader's character beckons one to follow. The fighting ceases, as each onlooker beholds this man who now lives among them. Solus makes eye contact with each of them, and as if to affirm loyalty, each one nods ever so slightly, lowers their arms, and follows in step. Is it the actions to help others that win the heart? Is it the markings of a war-torn soldier that demand discipline? Whatever should be the case, he finds himself standing on high ground, now in a position of prominence among the many. Looking out among the crowd, he immediately feels affinity 
the burden now upon his shoulders clear and his yoke heavy. Solus gazes over his new brothers and sisters in arms and he locks his eyes on you. Days turn into nights, the nights into weeks. The haunting beauty of this new world is juxtaposed by a growing threat from the tree line. It began with the sounds, the guttural reverberance of screaming, not of agony, but of malice. Compounding were the sounds of breaking bones and tearing flesh, the ambience that sends chills down the brothers in arms and the shield maidens that now made up his new company. Solus spends each night on patrol, now taking the role of commander. He walks the perimeter of the encampment, observing the sounds and the sights that are ever-present and ever-developing, gathering intel to share with his ranks. The days ahead bore preparation, their comfort numbered by the increasing of haunting sounds and their now proximity to the tree line. Then came the sights. Days began to bleed into the nights, the dichotomy of sunlight to a now glowing purple haze in the night sky, originating from elsewhere in the woods. His men now terrified, the decision is made to stand, take what one can, and move forward, proactively meeting the impending doom. Solus charged himself to learn each of the 40 in his ranks, establishing a company's astronomer, historian, seeker of truth, antiquarian, and philosopher. But he knew that no matter one's background, each would be a soldier this fortnight. He decides to walk his camp for the final time, not knowing in this moment to say goodbye or to motivate the battle cry. He walks from platoon to platoon, visiting his frontline infantry first. Solus picks up an axe and stands among his men. He knows each before him will be face to face with the threat. He proceeds to describe how the first strike will stick like an axe to a tree, and to be prepared to strike quick with a second blow, just as Solus draws his own dagger concealed from within his tabard. You will cut to kill. Any of you who cause wounds that prolong one's death will suffer the same outcome by my own blade. War forges either heroes or tyrants, and there will be no room in our ranks for the latter. His second stop is among the musketeers and bowmen. How do we aim? Small. So if we are to miss, we still hit. As a fly lands on one's chest, so shall be our aim. 
His final stop is with those he identified as his closest friends and family, his shield bearers. Solus pauses among them, choking back his following words, knowing well that most before him would not make it through a season's change. My brothers, my shield maidens, I have asked the utmost from you, and you have not found me wanting. Your families behind you, your brothers and sisters beside you. This, as he bears his own shield, is not for you, but those to your left and to your right. Shall you fall, let it be in the defense of your family. Shall you live, let it be in remembrance of us. Solus makes eye contact with each of them, nodding, as if to acknowledge the gravity of the day. They will go to bed tonight, but none shall sleep. The moon falls to its grave, the sun reborn, and the company finds itself in formation a hundred yards off the tree line. Solus walks among his family in front as a leader should always find themselves touching each on their shoulder, the young and the old, the men and the women. His eyes fall on a little boy standing in front of grown men, holding a wooden plank for a shield and a twig from a tree for a sword. Solus kneels in front of the child to make eye contact, knowing this boy will not see another day. He rests his hand on the boy's left shoulder, Solus asks, Mother? The boy shakes his head left to right. Brothers, sisters. The boy looks over his shoulder towards the water, the ocean having left many abandoned. Father? The boy nods up and down and puts a pointed finger on Solus's heart. Solus was many things but he understood that he now was a brother to the men, husband to the widows, and a father to the orphans. What shall I call you? The boy whispers a name that sheds a tear in Solus's eyes, a weight falling on his shoulders, his heart sinking if not finding itself absent of his chest, and he struggles to stand from his knee eventually resuming his place at the front of the formation. In this moment, Solus stares into the tree line with his family behind him. He turns one last time to behold the boy who impacted him so. But the boy is nowhere to be found. Stranger still, the boy had left no tracks. He turns back to the tree line, preparing his battle cry for the company when in his heart of hearts, what he wanted to say was for the child's name, the same name of Solus' own boy he left behind, for Carson.
Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Lore Seekers to Eternum, New World Podcast, with your host, Lore Seeker Solace. And at the time of recording this, New World just released that they will be officially launching the game on September 28th. It's official, no more betas, no more testing. And this, this is kind of special for me because I've been at the helm of testing this game for the past three years when it was a, a white paper on someone's desk. Um, so for this to come to full fruition, it's a very special moment for me. And of course, anybody listening to this podcast can relate of the excitement that is now the official word. So that is, that is amazing. Um, so again, as I'm writing this, New World just published that information. Super exciting. <laughs> Alrighty, so as uh, released um, earlier last week, um, To Aeternum, New World Podcast, is officially under the Lore Seekers umbrella. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast, you know um, already, but we are finally home. And it's not like we ever weren't home. You know, it's more just um, we're under one umbrella, and it's really for the sake of the consumer. We were talking about um, how it, it has generated a little bit of confusion in the past on which shows and which lore seekers were creating which shows and how to listen to each one. So the right answer um, was executed on last week. And so we are now lore seekers to a turnum and this is the role-playing story community engagement company leadership arm of what we're trying to accomplish what we will accomplish as a lore seekers cast so again thank you for listening it's a little bit later in the week but we have found our slot to give you more of what you have loved throughout the week so um, i hope you enjoy the first three stories um, of the RP storyline. It's it's special to me. It comes from a a very sentimental part of my life because uh, everything you're hearing, everything you're listening to is actually a direct reflection of something that has happened uh, in my life. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I have served uh, in the military. Um, I did go through deployments and I did go through, you know, near misses of not coming home or having soldiers who did not come home. Um, or when they did, their family dynamics were so uh, different, for lack of a better word, um, that I can relate to everything that you have listened to up to this point. So, and that's the kind of direction we want to move forward with is, is how do we take real life experience and real life uh, stories between us four lore seekers, kind of the real life experiences we're all having in game in new world. And then we have a company of 70 plus individuals to also incorporate into this story. And there's nothing more sincere than going back to the roots, going back to things and subjects, uh, experiences that actually happened. So all of the positive feedback I've received in the last three or four weeks, thank you so much. Blessings. Uh, it means a lot because of everything I just said, right? So a couple of um, implications of being merged now with one lore seekers uh, merger. Um, obviously there will be no more podcast reviews for to a turn 
and that's and that's fine again we are under one rss feed and we are under the lore seekers cast so any podcast review that you give to the lore seekers cast on apple itunes will obviously be indicative it'll reflect um, this show that you're listening to right now so continue to please rate the podcast um, on apple itunes and also the email address. Um, we did have a termcast at gmail.com. Obviously, it makes no sense. We're trying to make this easier for our consumers, right? So we will also be using the same email address, loreseekerscast at gmail.com. And if we recall from the last episode of 2A Term, uh, it's, it's going to get kind of confusing until we completely you know, merge and don't bring this up again. Uh, we've talked about sending in submissions on um, experiences of communities, previous communities, previous games that have impacted you and how that has you know, impacted your life, made it better, right? How, how it helped you overcome a life dynamic or a life complication. Uh, so those types of responses, you can still go ahead and send over to loreseekerscast at gmail.com and we will sift through that as a team uh, and talk about uh, the different things um, that we need to on each one of our shows. So let's go ahead and get into the meat of the show. And again, the purpose of this show is not only the role-playing story that you just heard, but it's also talking about our company efforts um, and other community engagement ideas. And again, if any if anything comes out of New World's news or if they start talking about October's Halloween events, uh, you can find those types of event information on this show and what we're going to be doing with it and how we're going to be incorporating uh, our company and our efforts into their effort. So the first thing I want to do is just bring everybody up to speed and in, in kind of a celebratory uh, message. Uh, at the beginning of the open beta, our company, the Lore Seekers company uh, in Discord, was right around 50 individuals. And we call our members Seekers, obviously, Seekers of Lore, right? So we were around 50 Seekers um, at the beginning of this open beta. And through our shows, through all the live events that we were doing during open beta, all the social media efforts, um, we saw growth. We're now over 70 seekers as of today and i mean that's two-thirds of an entire company like we almost have enough for 100. something else that happened i thought was really cool obviously is we were boosted to level two within discord so for level two perks in discord um, we're looking at 50 additional server emoji slots for a total 150. that's crazy i need to get to work in creating more emojis evidently um, 15 more custom sticker slots we actually created a sticker for us in discord um, of, of our mascot we officially released what we're calling the conquistador and it's really cool in our opinion it's really cool it's the conquistador with the lore seekers logo on the chest and the two aeternum logo on the shield uh, so super super exciting to have released that uh, this past week this is a huge one 256 kilobytes per second audio quality for content creators that's probably the biggest thing on here 
right? So if you're in a group or if you're trying to broadcast, um, that voice clarity is obviously huge, especially in the line of work that, that we do. Server banner, which Loreseeker Jibs already created for us. That, that's awesome, looks beautiful. 50 megabytes upload limit for all members. That's awesome because we have a process um, for an after action review, right? And we'll get into that later in this, in this podcast. But um, at the beginning of the event, uh, me as the governor and the other lore seekers as the console charged our company with, uh, with some tasks and maybe kind of put some, some RP flair to what they were doing during the open beta. And we asked for after action reviews. And again, you're going to hear some of that towards the end of the call. But having that 50 megabytes uh, to upload increases what they can upload. It's not just like a narrative. They, they want to do a file or a video. There you go. A couple more things. A 1080p 60 frame per second go live streams. Again, huge for content creators. But this proved crucial in the open beta because we had a lot of individuals in our company that still had to work. They weren't able to take time off. Um, or if they were like me, during the day, we had to take care of our kids, right? So as, as our kids are running around and causing hell, love them to death, little terrors, uh, we were able to also have Discord on and be able to watch um, Lore Seeker Champ lead patrols around Aeternum, which, again, we'll get into that here in a couple of minutes as well. <laughs> um, and then create private threads and one-week ar archive option for threads. Threading is a new thing uh, in Discord, so I can't speak too much to that, um, but just another really cool functionality. I brought all that up because that is from the community. I didn't pay for it, right? The, the Lore Seekers cast didn't pay for it. There have been 17 boosts from our 70 plus members because of what they see us doing, what they see the company doing. There is faith built into this process and that means more than anything right to us as content creators it's that buy-in it's that yeah i see what you're doing i like it i want more of it so here's five dollars a month or whatever they submitted to boost the server so at 17 boosts we are 13 away from level three which is the max uh and, and that's just real quick <laughs> that's 384 kilobytes per second audio quality that is immensely important for content creators, along with a 100 megabyte upload limit for all members. So opens up the doors for even more um, really awesome community events uh, within the company. So I thought that was definitely uh, something to celebrate as well. A few more things, right, that we kind of discovered during the open beta for kind of a company announcement, if you will. But we're currently looking at the schedule like, what did our company members really like about the game? Um, and, and most of the feedback we saw and we read in our Discord came out of, like, patrol nights. Loreseeker Champ took a, a lot of individuals, two groups, so about 10 individuals, around Aeternum, around Winds, Windsward, uh, and around uh, Everfall and conducted patrols, like in actual military fashion. So yeah, I was part of a group, he was part of the 82nd Airborne between the two of us. There's a lot of like tactical strategy that we're going to be implementing into what we do. Um, and so watching him kind of left and right flank 
um, right, bounding in succession, uh, just all these different tactics and maneuvers. It was really fun to watch. And, he, and here's the legitimacy of, of what we're doing. New World has that strategy. You can be prone behind a bush and not be seen. So imagine that. Imagine having an assault element of five people and a support element of five people. Maybe you got security pulling on your flanks, right? Just like you would in your basic infantry manual. And right, you open up with your ranged heavy weapons, your muskets and your ice gauntlets and your fire staff, right? And then you ambush, right? Your assault element moves forward and just completely wipes the area clean, right? Right after you set up 360 security, you loot and you brief the next location. Right. Like that, that is a super exciting thing to be taking individuals through. And we saw it happen and people loved it. And that that was huge for all of us, especially the four of us. Uh, when we look at our schedule, of course, we're looking at expedition nights. So we weren't able to get into Amarine Expedition. Um, we just weren't all high enough of a level to really go and experience that. So rather we walked around reek water which which we were definitely not high enough level uh, to be in reek water so we died many times probably more times than we would have if we went into the expedition um, but reek water is unbelievably gorgeous of of an area and the sounds like you actually sound like you're in the jungles in some of those areas in reek water i digress but expedition nights role-playing nights and then culmination of last night so last night we announced i mean it was probably two hour notice we we dropped an announcement in our discord and we talked about a company picture hey if you're able to get in game let's meet in everfall and make movement southeast to the shattered obelisk and let's let's take a company picture um, and we had a, an amazing turnout several people we started in everfall we were acting crazy we were doing the whole dancing in a circle and uh we did burpees we led burpee exercises right in the middle of everfall so everybody of course was stopping and asking questions people asking to get invited to group right and so we just sent them the loreseekerscast.com website you know so they could read up <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun to go from there to the shattered obelisk to die the most hilarious deaths while trying to take a screenshot um it's actually let me pause and get into that. So it was really funny. We were at the uh, top level of the Shattered Obelisk and we were lined up on the edge where I guess like the boss or like the main uh, mob was like behind us. And we thought, hey, you know, that that might be a really cool picture to have like all of that happening in the background. Well, what we didn't know is that this mob uh, had a ranged attack that would like yeet you off the ledge so as we're turning our camera to get that angle and, and get all perfect, all of a sudden we were seeing our dudes falling off, like completely getting knocked off and falling. Um, it was, I wish I would have recorded that because uh, that would have been hilarious to share like on a YouTube. But anyways, the picture turned out great. It's on our social medias. Um, but again, just a really cool moment of being able to celebrate that with the company. So let's get into some of those company charges uh, and responses. So I'll start by reading the company charge. I sent this out the day prior to the open, uh, the open beta, and I I wrote it in kind of the language that Solus uh, would have would have written this note. 
So let's see if I can do this without any like editing. So I'm just gonna go straight into it. Here we go. In recent meetings with Marsh Walker of Lobby, William Heron, Lakina Pajitnova, and Dr. Theophrastus Bombastus, I am afraid to report the following discoveries that will ail our efforts here in Aeternum. There are fantastical beings and mythical phenomena at play on Aeternum that will challenge every belief we have ever known. The angry earth, physical manifestations of nature, a resistance to wayfarers. Marsh informs me we will find them in their elemental form most of the time, but beware when they take the humanoid form, otherwise known as dryads. The Blight. Little is known about the Blight, but the rangers of Eden Grove tell Marsh they are corrupting the angry earth. You can find them glowing with a purple haze that we have named the Corruption. The Lost. Guardians of an entity called the Ancients. These undead emit a blue hue sourced by what some call Azoth. I have asked a lot of you, my brothers in arms and shield maidens, but we need more intelligence on the aforementioned before decisions can be made. Go, seek more information on this corruption, Azoth, and the Ancients of Aeternum. We must understand what we are up against if we are to survive the day. Lord Seeker Solus, Governor. Okay, we have a couple submissions here. Uh, the first going to Jinjar, also slam videos on social media. He writes, Governor Solus, I headed out in a direction north by northwest of camp. In less than a day's travel, we encountered our first sighting of angry earth creatures. The angry earth seems to be a pure natural power of the island of Aeternum, fighting back against the people who've come to corrupt it. It imitates the form of humans or animals they see. While some are more human-like, but some are a monstrosity. The angry earths amass themselves in order to fight back from what they consider is an infection. I was attacked many times while studying this fascinating species. I feel there may be more to them than I currently know, and it's unknown if these creatures could be an ally in the future. I shall send this report via pigeon ahead of my return to camp. Kindest regards, Jinjar. The second submission is from Grog. Seekers, I hope this missive finds you with great haste. The forts here have turned away their settlers for reasons unknown. Stockades loom in darkness unattended, while townsfolk gather elsewhere in sprawling markets. Curiously, these towns are wide open with direct paths, unlike the winding approaches of our fortifications in the old world. As you know, this provides no time for lookouts and archers to react to frontal assaults. Indeed, within a fortnight, the gates were overrun by packs of wolves. Having no other recourse, the town guard mustered all citizens to any possible defense. It was a marvelous sight. Furniture was piled and splintered. Then a score of campfires were built to repel the horde. Beyond the scorch line, carcasses were left to rot in the brush. It frustrates me that the towns are neither secure nor thrifty. That meat could feed all of us for a winter, but it was left to rot. I carved my way through the lot, but eventually my skinner dulled and crusted with gore. Plus, 
I am without mule or mare to carry these spoils. The waste is a boon for our scouts. I sent some residents to return with supplies to make salt brine, and will consider ways to distribute this bulk. There is much to teach these settlers if we are to survive in these harsh lands. Also, I recommend commandeering any abandoned fort to boost our efforts. I have seen what shambles in the darkness, and there are worse things than wolves afoot. Hoping to share a brew soon, if there are any tables left in these taverns. By Spur and Spear, Grog. A third submission. From Zytheria, as we well known as Pip. Governor. <laughs> I had to read that in a, in a British accent. Governor. Whilst picking herbs in the grasslands of First Light, I took a moment to observe the creatures that inhabit Hatchburg Fishery. My ultimate goal being procurement of the potatoes, carrots, corn, and luscious strawberries they were guarding. We have heard them called mindless, but I do not agree with that assessment. Single-minded in purpose is a more apt description. Whether they continue in the course of work they were engaged when killed, or if another unseen force drives them, I do not know. But they do have an objective, and that objective does not appear to change. At first I thought they might be tending the fields. However, these fields need no tending. The Azoth we hear so much about provides all the nutrients the plants could need. These creatures do not give up the crops easily though. As soon as I struck down one another would take its place. It was a never-ending circle of slashing, gathering, slashing, gathering, and my arm eventually grew weary of the battle. As abundant as the land of Aeternum is in providing sustenance, it is also equal in providing its defense. Yet I am happy to report I have returned with the crops along with cinnamon, dill, saffron, and nutmeg in enough quantity to cook a hearty portion of roasted carrots, or roasted potatoes, and poached fish with lemon and dill for the company this evening. Siri. And this next one from Garrett Shadowfall. Governor Solas, upon entering this new world, I spent some time wandering the shores of First Light. Entering into conflict with the risen dead, I can see a powerful agent at work in both their creation and their drive. From what little I know of this place, they seem to be powered. Maybe animated is a better description for what look to me in my eyes like Azoth itself. Some of the husks seem to be just lost in attacking anything that gets near, while others seem to derive some purpose, be it from a lost memory or a darker, larger power not yet seen. While inspecting the numerous dead ships along this coast, it was becoming evident that many eras have come here seeking something. I am pretty sure I saw markings from Viking, Roman, and Eastern civilizations, among others. I can only imagine what could have driven all these different peoples to risk so much coming here. There is also evidence of those cultures in the gear I have found on many foes that I dispatched with musket and spear. I hope that I can lend my talents to unraveling this land's secrets in the future. May this find you well, Garrett Shadowfall. And last, from Viking. 
A man of status, possessing both strength and girth, walks tall into Everfall. His name be Helm Oldenheim. Noticing the job posting, he grabs a local boy. Speak to words these runes, pointing at the job posting. The little boy, staring in horror at his magnificent towering viking, begins to read the governor's words. Odenheim shakes his head, pleased with what he hears. He looks down to the boy. Take Odin to his governor. The boy stares up at Odenheim in horror. But, but, now. A pounding on the door awakens Governor Solace from his dreams of pretty sheep and little rabbits. The door bursts open. Odenheim strolls in with bags of bloody mess. Odin has slain many creatures to serve this evil. Many fields have Odin walked with sight of these creatures. Odin has slain them all. Pay Odin now. Tell Odin now where to strike his axe. Governor Solus stares up at Odenheim, wondering who the hell this man is. Stares at the many bloody bags of corrupted mess Odenheim has dumped upon his once cleaned mattress. It's going to be one of those days, he says silently to himself. <laughs> Very well done, Viking. Uh, I, I actually like it. I like speaking for Solus. Uh, it's it's kind of cool. I actually dig it. I dig it. <laughs> I honestly see a day where this becomes the purpose of this podcast, where there's a role-playing storyline going straight into Solus and his encampment reading these submissions from the company members. What better way of talking about what's happening in the game, what's happening in Aeternum, than hearing it from the community themselves? I love the idea of the console and the governor setting these left and right limits, if you will, giving a little bit of additional guidance not to break the game, not to take any of the seekers away from the game, but just give them an additional purpose or an additional hobby outside of being in game. Like imagine not being able to put in the time to actually be in the game to do X, Y, Z, but you have time to open up your discord to be part of the community, to author those experiences and really celebrate those moments. It is a phenomenal and creative way of getting their voice, our voice, out to the consumers. And usually at this time, we would go into an external article. We would read um, something about gaming and the community and the effects that the communities have had on individuals in real life. But given the 25 minutes of the RP storyline um, and really just talking about the company up to this point and our experiences in the beta, uh, I am going to postpone that for next week's episode five, where we'll be talking about the article, Video Games Are Effective at Creating Communities Online debating communities and networks. So it's a really awesome article. It talks about actually role-playing in the game and the benefits of actually getting into character. So a little teaser for next week. Okay, well, how to reach us. So a couple of changes, a couple of rebrandings due to the merger. So on Twitter, of course, forward slash Lore Seekers cast. 
Um, you can continue to follow forward slash Aeternum cast for all things specific to the community engagement and community leadership um, of what we're trying to accomplish. But make no mistake, most of our efforts uh, will be coming from the Lore Seekers cast Twitter handle. Directly, you can follow me, Lore Seeker Solace, um, at forward slash Solace. Couple changes with Instagram. So forward slash Loreseekers cast, forward slash Eternum cast. But since I can use enough characters in Instagram, you can actually find me personally at forward slash Loreseeker Solace. Twitter doesn't let you, you know, have that many characters. So, so bear with me. I really wanted that handle. So Instagram forward slash Loreseeker Solace. On YouTube, uh, you know, I wish I could tell you the channel link, but at this current moment, it's that youtube.com forward slash channel nonsense. <laughs> uh, but if you do a search for Lore Seekers Cast, two words, Lore Seekers space cast, they are the first uh, profile that you can click on and make sure you like and sub well, subscribe and like all of the videos. It helps us get our word out. It helps us get established in the YouTube community, but more importantly, um, our team spends so much quality time on making these videos for everybody. Last but not least, all of what I've said can be found on our website at loreseekerscast.com. And if you would like to apply to our community, the Loreseekers company in game, loreseekerscast.com at the very top, click on company, click on apply and go through the process. I hope this finds everybody well. And remember, mission first, people always, Skull Family.